Welcome back. You are listening to Ariana Said and one of the most amazing and gorgeous Afghan women singers. So um, let's talk to Mahbuba and get back to our show. So Mahbuba, please tell our listeners about yourself and your life before coming to Ireland. Uh, thank you very much, Manija. Uh, my name is Mahbuba. I was born in Afghanistan. <clears throat> well, I would better say I was born in the war. I spent my childhood in the war. And I am one of those unfortunate women who have twice seen the horrible faces of Taliban uh, soldiers. But I'm immensely grateful that that wasn't for an extended period of time. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. I was born uh, just a month after my uh, father was killed in Russian invasion in 1980s. <clears throat> my father was a government official and um, he was probably looking forward to seeing the birth of uh, his new daughter. But unfortunately, that never happened. And I never got to see my dad. Sorry. My mom, who was, <coughs> who was only in her early ten- 20s, had to, my mom bore the entire burden of family. She had to work. She had to work and make ends meet for four young orphans in the middle of a war. She had to work in a very unstable situation. She had to work in a very unstable situation where it was very unsafe for a woman to work. Well, you know, as we all know for, for girls and women, when they when they caught in the middle of a war, they are more vul- vulnerable uh, compared to men because yeah. of their gender. When they are caught in the middle of a conflict, they are they are vulnerable to various various forms of violence, sexual violence, physical and verbal abuse, and definitely barriers to accessing resources. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll never forget one day when I, when I was at the age of six or seven, our house was attacked. My mom tied my hand and we began running to the opposite direction of approaching armed men. My older, my older siblings were with relatives in other parts of the city. <coughs> we start, we started, started running, and the bullets were shooting us. Like you know, a dozen bullets missed hitting us. The bullets were only inches away from hitting us. My mom was <coughs> frequently accompanying me. One day I asked her, but she didn't say anything. Later I discovered that she was accompanying me so that if we ran into armed men, they would have mercy on both of us because I was a child. It was so disappointing. It was only a year before the country, Afghanistan, fell into the hand of Taliban. And in this you mean uh, Taliban of the last <coughs> time, right? 20 years ago. In 1996. 1996, okay. When the Taliban first uh, captured Afghanistan in 1996, life for my mom as a widow, as, as the only breadwinner for her four orphans, got worse. When the first time Taliban <coughs> occupied Afghanistan, life had become impossible for us. 
as a child i i was so hopeless i was so disappointed i thought i would never be able to continue my education i would never be able to become an educated person in the future but as i mentioned before life had become impossible for for my family so luckily my mom decided to move to pakistan mm-hmm. one of our neighboring countries We we fled Afghanistan for Pakistan. The migration exposed us to different types of suffering. We had to grapple with with poverty, homelessness, and obstacles and barriers to accessing resources. But I'm grateful. I'm happy because I still had the opportunity to go to school and complete my high school education. <coughs> I completed my high, high school education and uh, uh in 2001 when the Americans defeated Taliban we decided to to return to our country as as the situation you know gradually improved in yeah. Afghanistan so we returned to our home country like you know we we thought let's let's work for our own country let's uh, build our own country so yeah, and we were all hopeful Yeah. yeah. So as a result we we returned to Afghanistan and uh, um, as I was able to speak English so it took me just a while you know to to find uh, a job so I got a job uh, in some uh, international organizations empower, uh, women and orga- women empowerment organizations so I started working a year later i i got married mm-hmm. so i i was lucky enough to marry a guy who who is a, a human rights defender and he, who is a, a women rights activist oh. yeah he was working around human rights issues and women rights issues so um i was able to continue my education and working because he was a uh, women rights defenders because as as you know manager john that um, most girls and women in our culture in our country are not you know able to continue their education after they get married yeah, so definitely. they have to you know stay indoors and they are unfortunately uh, unable to pursue their education so yeah. i was one of one of those lucky girls that could you know could uh, go to university i i was able to do my my bachelor and then later i did my masters both in uh, law i did my bachelor's in criminal law and i did my masters in international law amazing uh, yeah b- and you know i was uh, at the same time i was working for uh women rights uh, organizations and then for a just short period of time i had to quit my job because uh i had my son yeah. who is 8 years old now his name is Sherwin so i had to mm, mind him i had to look after him so when he was uh, the age of 3 i returned to university to do my masters and uh well everything was uh, okay everything was going well uh i was supposed to um, defend my dissertation i was scheduled for that but unfortunately uh when the taliban you know <laughs> came to power for the second time in august 2021 everything everything changed in a blink of an eye and unfortunately all the doors of universities closed and i was unable to defend my uh, 
dissertation. So, yeah, and and for us, life that we knew it just ended over there. So, um, I understand that you come from a, a very difficult background. That um, sadly, uh, most of us who are children of eighties, we have suffered this, and it's it's very sad that a whole generation has been exposed to that. Uh, but how did you feel when, when you know, the same Taliban that you uh, that you ran away from, the same Taliban that you um, that you that you fought against them and started a new life and started studying and became a very powerful woman with a master's in international law, the same Taliban came back and the government fell in their hands. Um, what were your feeling at that moment? Well, to be fair, I cannot, you know, explain my my feelings because 20 years of uh, progress in terms of education, uh, work, infrastructure, everything changed of, of so sudden, you know. There was even not a smooth transition, you know, everything changed of a, of a sudden. So I just can't <coughs> explain my, my, my feelings. It was, it, it, is, it is heartbroken, you know. Yeah, just, just yeah. like a shock. It just, I'm heartbroken and, and, yeah. and I'm just, it's really heartbreaking for everyone. Definitely, yeah. It, it was so sudden. It was such a shock. And, and yeah. to be honest, many of us still cannot believe that this thing happened. So, um, then, then what happened? Like for, for your husband to have such an important job at that moment and you an educated woman, what happened when Taliban came? Uh, on 22nd August 2021, um, my husband went to a passport office. He was supposed to renew his passport as it was expired. expired. So I was... As I told you before, I was scheduled, you know, for, for university to go. And uh, I, I had a very, you know, weird feelings. My husband rang me and, and said over the phone that the country has already fallen to the hand of Taliban. And it was, it was I was shocked. I, I just couldn't believe my ears, you know. And he said that, that I'm not coming to home, to our home. Uh, he's he's going to hide somewhere. As I told you before, he was a prominent human rights defender. Yeah. He was well known. So he told me over the phone just to get our our like educational documents and just one pair of shoes and 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 clothes and just take the hand of my son and, and leave the house. Um, just, just here, I, I'll, I'll ask you a question, Mahbuba. Our, my show, uh, our show, the name is My Life in a Suitcase. It basically mm-hmm. comes from my life experience and from experience of, of, of most of our guests. That moment that you had to pack all your life in just a small suitcase, how, how, how did you feel at that moment? What did you think that you could take with you? What to leave behind? You know, Manager John, we had a very nice house, a very big house. So the sad thing with that was that from all that big house, I, I was able to, to take only one backpack, even, even not a suitcase or a big bigger luggage, you know. My husband asked me to just take one backpack. And that was all. I just locked the door and left everything behind. We went, we went, went to relatives to hide. We, well, the day when the, when the country collapsed, my, my husband attempted seeking help from his international colleagues. And uh, thankfully, Ireland was, was the first country issued as online visas yeah so we remained to relatives for a week well just two days after the collapse of the country we we got our visas but the problem was 
was that how to get to the airport. Yeah, it was it, those days yeah. were like those crazy airport days, right? It was it was terrifying, you know. And after a week, we were asked to go to the airport, but uh, the problem was that there was no direct route to the airport. We had to we had to take a, like a different route to get to the airport. We we stayed overnight outside the airport. <coughs> we had to, you know, we had to walk through thousands of people to get to the airport because the main entrance of the airport was controlled by the Taliban. So we had to take a different route, you know. So we stayed out of out of the airport overnight, and 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 it was very terrifying. I just now I uh, that I am recalling those moments. I'm just I can't you know explain how hard it is. <coughs> My son and I fell off several times in the crowd. I was so concerned about my son getting stuck in the crowd, you know. So we waited until the morning. When it was bright, we we you know headed to the airport. We we met uh, British and American soldiers. So we we showed our our Irish documents just to you know get into the airport but unfortunately there was no direct route there was a a sewage canal in Persian we call it Fazlap yeah there was a a sewage canal three meters deep and three meters wide so we had no no choice but to you know wait wait into that sewage you know to get it was full it was three meters like, you know. Oh my god. Yeah. So we remained to that, you know, dirty yeah. water for, for about uh, half an hour. And um, so finally we, we were, you know, sexy to like to show our documents to the British and, and the American soldiers and they helped us get out of the sewage. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, for for a week we we couldn't we couldn't get a chance to take a bath, take a shower, you know. So we first we were evacuated to Doha, Qatar. Yeah, and we stayed there for a week, and then we moved to Germany. We stayed there for another week, and it took us about fifteen days to you know to get um, to Ireland, and after fifteen days. We ended up uh, here in Ireland. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for you that this this horrible journey it ended and you finally reached to a safe place. Thank and you. I think, yeah, we are both very, very thankful to Ireland and Ireland's government and the people who have helped us. As I told you before, Ireland was, you know, the first country that yeah. that granted us, you know, visas, yeah, visas because, uh, well. After that, like, uh, we received a lot of, you know, emails from other countries uh, that asking us for our, you know, passports, where that we had been accepted by them. But we are so grateful to Irish government for granting us uh, visas and, and uh, refugee status here in Ireland. And pe- Irish people, you know, have, have been... Really, really, you know, welcoming, um, accepting. They have been so kind to us so far, and we were really, really uh, grateful to them. Definitely. So, um, when the journey ended, and now, and then you knew that you are in safety now. Um, how do you feel as a as a refugee and a woman now, in a safe country, definitely, but somebody who has lost so much and has been through so much that I think we none of us have ever imagined that our country and our people would go through all that and especially for you to to see all that from the airport especially because for me I, I only saw that in news you know and mm-hmm. 
but but you have been through that and I totally understand that how difficult that situation was but now that you are in a free country as a woman that has suffered so much but is I'm sure you are just happy to have brought your lives and your son mm-hmm. how do you feel as a refugee and as a woman here <clears throat> well as I as I mentioned before I I feel very fortunate that uh, uh, I live in a peaceful in a safe country so I I have the freedom of choice here I I'm able to enjoy all my rights and freedoms here in Ireland well at the same time I I, I feel so sad for 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 the women and uh, girls back in my home country because they are suffering But for myself, especially for my son, for his future, I'm so delighted. Uh, well, as a refugee in Ireland, so as we all know, going to another country has, you know, its its own challenges. So, so we cannot ignore that challenges and that obstacles, definitely. So... Um, uh, as a refugee, <coughs> as a refugee, um, obviously uh, there are some challenges, like uh, for myself. Uh, according to Irish laws, refugees, uh, you know, can't get enrolled to universities. Um, they have to live in Ireland for three years until they become eligible for third level education. So myself, you know, have to do another master's here, you know, to to um, become qualified to get a better job. So, but at the moment I'm not eligible for university because Mm. I have to wait for another one year and a half to be eligible. So that's one of the obstacles, you know, that I'm facing in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, accessing to third level education. And uh, the second challenge, uh, I would say, is that uh, uh, the government of Ireland issues two types of travel documents. One is uh, for those refugees who have come uh, under the International Protection Act of 2015. Yeah. And uh, the other type of uh, travel document is for uh, for those asylum seekers who have come uh, under the International Protection, uh, sorry, under the 1951 uh, <coughs> International Pro- Refugee Convention, sorry. Uh, so... As I mentioned before, we have uh, our refugee status here, but the problem is that that the travel document that we are having at the moment does not allow us, you know, to travel in other European countries without applying a visa. Like uh, a lot of our friends and relatives, they live in other parts of Europe, but unfortunately we cannot uh, go and visit them. Because we have to first, <coughs> because we have to first apply for a visa. Yeah. And um, well, definitely we cannot uh, meet the requirements because we have to show our, you know, bank accounts, bank statements, and stuff like that. So, I would say that's uh, another challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And those like uh, who have come through UNHCR agency, as I mentioned before, under the 1951 um, uh, uh, Act, yeah, convention. Sorry, mm-hmm. they they are you know they are entitled of uh, traveling freely, mm-hmm. so they are they don't require any v- uh, visa like application. You know they they can go straight to any parts of Europe without applying any visa. Why is this Why is this the so, difference? So th- there is a special like program that 
under that program mm -hmm. we have come now we have status uh, refugee mm -hmm. status here mm -hmm. and uh, that is only you know um, recognized here in Ireland okay that is not recognized by other European countries okay that's why we have to apply for <laughs> visa first so that gives us you know a kind of feeling that you feel like a second class citizen yeah because why there should be a difference you know between the two travel documents mm -hmm. like the asylum seekers who have come under another said, conven yeah. convention they they don't need you know to apply for a visa first so i would say yeah that's another challenge and and you know and the well the housing crisis in uh, in Ireland in, across you know Ireland is a, a big problem especially for refugees they are facing really really a, 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 like a huge problem in, in these terms uh, myself now live in Tallow County Waterford yeah but my workplace is in Cork in Mount Point so every day you know I have to wake up early in the morning you know to get ready to have breakfast and then travel you know hours to get to my workplace and and again in the evening on the homeward i have to you know take two or three buses sometimes well most most of the times like i have uh, friends who you know give me lift but there are some times that i have to take three buses and it takes me hours you know to get get home yeah so like uh, i will get home at around nine in the evening and you have left home early in the morning around six yes, probably yeah. yes so like it is a huge you know problem for me because we are not able to find another house easily like you know uh, yeah. somewhere closer to my workplace like it will it will take take us ages, you know, to find another house. So I would say, yeah, that's another problem that we we are facing as a refugee in Ireland. Yeah, but yeah, overall we are we are thankful to the government of Ireland, you know, for all their support and kindness. That's great. So, guys, we are listening to we're talking to very beautiful and amazing and a superwoman Mahbuba, and we'll be back after this short break. You'll listen to another Afghani song from the same singer called Ariana Said. It's she's singing about beautiful Kabul, just to reminiscing some memories. Oh, 
So, welcome back, and we'll continue talking with our dear Mahbuba. So, uh, uh, Mahbuba, since um, uh, you are not only a lawyer and a very highly educated woman, you have always been um, a, a, a feminist and uh, activist of women's rights as well. Um, in Afghanistan, and now also outside Afghanistan, you're trying... Um, to, you're trying to play your role as an activist. So um, what do you think has happened after um, after Taliban's regime? Uh, how is women's rights now in Afghanistan? Or to be honest, are there any rights even left there? Well, uh, sadly, I would say since the Taliban took power in Afghanistan, they have issued um, several restrictive uh, edicts, uh, policies, you know, that unfortunately um, have restricted women's rights and women's freedoms. So under their, under their um, orders, women are not uh, allowed to go to university, teenagers are not allowed to go to school, and women are not allowed to work for governmental or non-governmental organizations. They are banned from going to the parks, gyms, public bathhouses. <coughs> and recently, recently they have issued another edict under which uh, chemists, chemists are not allowed to sell contraceptives for, for women. Oh. Which is which is really really you know sad because it means that before the hardliners the Taliban had control over women's freedom and now like they are having you know control o over women's body yeah while while you know having to like um, uh, sexual health uh, reproductive health family family planning, they are, you know, the fundamental human rights. Yeah. But unfortunately, the Taliban are, are you know, banning or are, are, are restricting those rights for women. And it's, it's really, re really heartbreaking. That's true. And it's, 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 as you said, it's really heartbreaking to see what's happening. So um, as a... As, as a woman activist, um, I've seen you're doing a lot, raising voices for mm -hmm. Afghan women, for those who cannot raise their voice. So can you please tell us about some of your activities you've been doing? Manijajan, I wish I could do more. But unfortunately, uh, that's the only on, on, thing that I can do is, you know, to raise my voice in support of Afghan women. Yeah. Like, I think it is it is you know the moral obligation of every citizen of this world you know to stand in solidarity in support of of Afghan and um women and girls yeah uh, it doesn't matter at at which level like huge or or small it matters just to speak up yeah. speak out you know for 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 their sufferings for the for the situation for for the for their plight for what they are you know going through it's our our obligation moral ob obligation you know to to speak up yeah, yeah. and and as you said uh, for, to it's, it's our moral obligation to speak up about um problems of women and girl like everywhere around the world and yeah. and it is so sad to see like on our side of the world it's 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 really beginning it, it seems that life has ended for women and as me and you we were talking before the show it's like not only afghanistan the neighboring countries are also 
suffering the same things. It seems like the disease that of the Taliban has spread. It is just a spree spreading to the neighboring countries as well. And women are really losing the control over their own lives and bodies and freedom, which is really sad. I believe what the Taliban is doing to Afghan women is more than discrimination against women or yeah. gender apartheid. Actually, it is, you know, a dehumanization of women. Yeah. That's why it's not only an issue for Afghan women. It is, it is a problem for for women everywhere. Yeah. So the fight of Afghan girls and women are, are not just, you know, a regional fight. It's the fight for democratic values, for, for their basic rights and freedoms. So I think it is the It's the fight for for every woman, everywhere. Yeah, that's why it requires, you know, the all all you know the voice and the support of all women, everywhere. Women, women, women everywhere should stand in solidarity, uh, raise their voices, you know, in support of Afghan women. Um, how do you see, um, as a as somebody who has Um, um, a very good understanding of laws and 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 rules and regulations. How do you see um, the effects, the bad effects, the adverse effects of what's Taliban doing to Afghan women if Taliban continue doing this and if Taliban continue ruling Afghanistan? Um, what will happen after a few years? What do you think? What will happen to Afghan women? Well, uh The Taliban have, have, you know, just repressed women. Yeah. They have confined women in, in, their, in their own houses. Like, as we all know, Afghanistan is now the only place in the world that women and girls cannot go to school. So uh, this, this repre repressive treatment and ill treatment of Afghan women is is more than just discrimination. It is, it is the nor normalizing this yeah. ide ideology. So we have, we have misogynistic men everywhere. Definitely. So this ill treatment of women, you know, like gives the courage to other misogynistic men yeah. around the world. It, it encourages them, you know, to, to follow the same ideology. Yeah. So... We really should speak up, you know, and the the uh, international community should do do something for for Afghan women. Definitely, you know, more than c condemnation. What the uh, international community is doing, they're just condemning the Taliban, their um, conducts. We, we call on on international communities, you know, to. Uh, To, to take actions definitely to take yeah. actions you know to to like uh, impose more sanctions on Taliban they, they like they shouldn't you know give them political recognition you know yeah because <coughs> because what the Taliban is doing to Afghan women it is it is violating you know the international laws international norms and standards what they are doing uh, You know, it's violating uh, humans' dignity and humans' democratic values. So we want the international community to to take actions rather than yeah condemnation. Definitely. So um, we will continue talking to our our beloved Mahbuba Jan, and as you know, these topics are really heartbreaking. Uh, we will listen to another track from um, a, an, another lovely Afghan singer called Mushkan Azimi. She has sung a very lovely song called Janet. And we will listen to that. Uh, let's listen and enjoy to that and we'll be back very soon. And we'll talk to Mahabubajan some more. در آینه بینی یک زن شده ایزین پس تو 
دگرگون شدن ها همه مردند مردان گهی آبستن و گه ناف بکردن فکران که دارایی تو از همه دنیا یک چادر آبی و جهانی نیاز است از حق مساوات تو گفتن نتوانی حق تو همان چادری و مهر و نماز است از این پس تو باید که بشینی Welcome back. You're tuned in to Radio UCC 98.3 FM and you're listening to My Life in a Suitcase with your host Manisha. With me in the studio, we have Mehbuba today and we are going toward the end of our program. So Mehbuba, um, we've heard so many lovely things, you know, in this, and, and this has been such a lovely session with you. Thank you very much. So um, what are your plans in future? What do you want to do? What are your goals and ambitions? Well, Manisha, John, there are some, you know, for some reason, reasons, I I want to you know be, I want to become stronger than before. Yeah. As as I mentioned before, it is it is very sad that how a repressive regime you know can disregard all you know international norms and standards. It's it's really like a chilling reminder to the world. Yeah. Like, the, the world should do something. So I myself have decided to show to the Taliban that they they might be able to to take out women's freedom or to restrict women's rights and, and freedoms. <coughs> but they will never be able, you know, to, to restrict women's strength, uh, ambitious ambitions, and uh, determination so i'm trying you know to to raise my voice in support of afghan women and i myself will will work on my capabilities definitely 
uh, as I as I mentioned before, as a refugee, I have to you know uh, make qualified myself. You know, I I have to move on. I have to move forward. Uh, do another masters here, you know, because I want to become more qualified to get a better job here. So to work for myself, for my family, and 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 like to make you know other Afghan women's um, proud to make Definitely. to to Definitely. encourage them, you know. Well, it's very obvious that you when you go to abroad when you go to other countries you you will definitely face uh, challenges but but uh, you know the obstacles should not you know stop you from moving on and from moving forward just uh, we should think positive be op- optimistic you know to uh, improve to move on <laughs> definitely definitely yeah, yeah. yeah and, and to be honest I'm, I'm very very proud of you and Thank I'm very, very proud much. that that you know Afghan women are is are, are resilient and we have faced so much but we are ready to face more but only we know that we what we have been through you know <laughs> yeah what, what we are going through only definitely. we know so <laughs> yeah definitely we should bo- we should be you know stronger than yeah and to be honest i can see you a power somebody who will be a voice for us somebody who can raise the very difficult issues that mostly people don't want to raise and i can see that Mm, very soon, someday, you are going to be someone who will bring great change for Afghan women. And for that, I'm very, very proud of you. Well, it's, as I told you before, there are obstacles. It's not easy because for me, you know, as a law graduate, there are many challenges because uh, Afghanistan is, you know, based on uh, uh, civil law. And here, um, Ireland is, you know... Um, on based on uh, common law so the context has changed you know the context the language the technical terms so i have to start from scratch it's not easy but but you know i i believe in myself i believe i will ha- ha- i will work hard you know to to achieve my goals that I have said, you know, for my future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and definitely, so definitely. So as Irish well. people say, you know, fingers crossed. So. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. And to be honest, I can see that you have that power in you that that you will do that, and I'm sure you will be able to do it. Thank you very much. So today it was um, it was really a privilege to sit across from you, Mahbuba, and to talk to you and listen to your amazing story. And uh, I'm sure our listeners have immensely enjoyed it. And I'm sure that you have shown us all how to become a beacon of hope, how to be somebody to be optimistic and smile in the face of pain. And do not let your past experiences to um, still um, mark, have a mark on your future experiences. Definitely. Yeah. And you have shown us that we can, as a woman, we are very strong and we can start again and again. And every time when we start, we can still stand up with pride and we need to support each other and not let the people who don't, who just want the women to disappear from the, from the face of every activity to govern us. So I'm really, really uh, proud and I'm very thankful to you that today you have given us that lesson for women like us who have suffered so much in the world but still we are continuing for us who have who and there are thousands like us who have started their lives with a small backpack or a small suitcase and packed all they had and all they owned and all they loved and all they cared for and moved to another country it is not easy, but I'm proud that we are all trying really, really hard. So the last song for today, it's, it's, it's chosen by Mehbuba. So maybe, maybe you can introduce the song and um, we will finish the show today. Thank you very much, Manager John. Thanks for having me. I really enjoy talking to you and sharing my story as well as had the opportunity to uh, speak about the plight of uh, women in Afghanistan. So thank you very much, uh, and I would like to uh, 
dedicate a song uh, well uh, I would like to stand in solidarity uh, with uh, Iranian women Definitely. because uh, I believe the the fight of Afghan women and Iranian women are the same Definitely. they are they are they are fighting you know for the same rights and and values they are they are tackling you know the same uh, oppressive regime yeah and um, I would like to dedicate uh, a song uh, which is called uh, well the name of the singer is Sherwin yeah Sher- same Sher- as Sher- like yeah Sherwin <laughs> Hajipur yeah so um, just by you know by sharing this uh, dedicating this song i i would like to you know show my solidarity and, and sympathy you know to iranian women so it doesn't matter whether the english version or the persian version yeah. both are nice so i would be thankful if you <laughs> please <laughs> definitely definitely play that, that. Song, yeah. so to women life and freedom and uh, We will meet each other same place next week, same time, with another lovely guest and another amazing topic to talk about. Till then, you can follow us on Radio UCC 98.3 FM um, for the podcasts on Spotify. Also, you can follow us on Instagram now on My Life in a Suitcase. And we'll we'll talk to you next time. And uh, thank you. And goodbye.